This episode is brought to you by the Shop One in Five Pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. Hey friends, Mina and I created the Shop One in Five Pledge, and we're inviting you to take it with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most. Because the truth is, your purchasing power matters now more than ever. Head to shop1in5.com to take the pledge. Make that commitment to shop one in five of your purchases towards a small business. We also invite you to shop the directory if you don't know where to find other small businesses. It's right there on the page. And we're asking for you to share the pledge. Imagine if each of us told three to four people about the Shop One in Five pledge. It would be an incredible and life-changing for so many small businesses. Tell your friends, your family, and your social network. It costs nothing extra and makes a world of difference. Our purchases have the ability to change lives. Okay, let's jump in. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the Product Boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. In today's episode, we are re-airing one of our favorite episodes. If you're new here, then welcome. We're so excited for you to listen to one of our most popular episodes ever for the first time. And if you're a longtime listener, we still encourage you to tune in and listen. You never know what new lessons and aha moments may stand out to you now that didn't before. All right, let's dive in. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my wonderful co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sita. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So we are really excited to bring this episode to you all today. This is something that is coming up a lot in our community of our masterminders. We have a free community for all of you and the links are in the show notes. And we just really want to talk talk to you about this. So we are going to talk about five ways to grow your product business. Right. These are kind of the five foundational things that you should always be thinking about as you're growing um, because they are relevant for every product-based business just so much more than like if you're listening to a service-based podcast, for instance. Yeah. But first, we just want to thank all of you that have left us a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us be more searchable and grow our business. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I want to thank Sylvia. So Sylvia left this review. I was slipping to find a new podcast and was lucky to discover Product Boss. What a fresh, friendly, and family-oriented approach they take on the realities of being a business mom slash parent. I appreciate the product focus and the hosts, Jacqueline and Mina, have incredible voices. Well, thank you. Keep up the great guests and creative content. You're making a huge impact to listeners like this mompreneur of three, Sylvia. Sylvia, thank you so, so much for leaving that review. Thank you, Sylvia. And thank you for the compliment on our voices. <laughs> and if you haven't left a review yet, if you wouldn't mind pausing the podcast, leaving that review and jumping back in, because we can't wait to dive into this 
fun information because we really want to help you grow your product-based business. Right. So number one way, Jacqueline, is? So the first way to grow your business is in person. Right. It's probably the biggest and best, not biggest, but best way, right? The bond is so instant. The trust factor. It's like when you meet people and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I know her, right? And there's other people that you meet, they're like, oh my gosh, that person was so creepy. (laughs) So it's like the in-person effect that somebody has on you with their body language or chatting with them or being in front of them. There's like a a chemistry of sorts that happens when you meet somebody and it's either yes, hooray or a no-go. And that happens a lot of times in person at its best. Yeah. So first we just want to step back a second and see what we want you to do is we want to engage your people where they are. So first off, if you guys haven't already sort of figured out who your customer is and where your customer is hanging out, that's the first step to think about that. And then we want you to show up in these places for them where they're actually hanging out. So in person, that's not like, Hey, I'm going to go to the park because my customer hangs out there. Please don't. And, but, but you never know. Like there's so many times that I see people out and about with their their kids and they're looking rough. And you can tell that they just had like, for instance, my sister just had a newborn baby. And I could have just given people packages of labels right then and there. Oh my gosh, you just seen the terror face on this, this one dad that he looked so rough and the mom looked beautiful. And I was like, wow, you would have thought that he gave birth and not her, you know? And so... <laughs> So yeah, that was a couple that stuck out in my mind. I was like, darn, I wish I had a pack of labels to give them. Right. So that's when you start, you know, those are just personal relationships. So oftentimes when you're just starting out, you might think I'm going to invite my mom, my dad, my friends, (laughs) my cousins. That's who you start with for sure to start, you know, start that ball rolling for yourself, that snowball. But what you also want to do is think about that. So one thing about in person, a lot of times our customers are talking about, should I go do a farmer's market? Should I go do like a trendy flea market, you know, should, where should they show up in person? Sometimes there's events like stationary and gift shows that, or during the holidays, there are a lot of holiday shows that are kind of gift shows. I want you to think about the product you're selling and is that product appropriate for these in-person events? So be it trade shows, something local, a farmer's market, anything like that. Where is your customer going to show up? Or are you going to kind of be out of place in that event? Right. And, you know, one of the clear advantages that you have as a product-based owner is where you are locally um, or disadvantaged, but typically just always think of it, reframe it for yourself as an advantage, right? So you are the only person that's around those specific people that you are there, right? That's only you. That's one in a billion, however many people are on this earth, right? So you are the only person that's where you are at the right time, at the right place that gets to be around these local people. So think about who you want to make connections with, who you want to introduce yourself to, who you want to become within the same little world with each other and see if that would be beneficial to you. You know, you could just, first of all, before you decide to do a farmer's market, walk the farmer's market, introduce yourself, look around, see what type of vendors there are, support the vendors, and see if that's a type of vibe and environment that your product would do well at. Absolutely. So yeah, so remembering in person is something where actual relationships are formed. People still talk to each other in person. (laughs) Hey, let's talk about that one event you went to. What was it called? You know, that you met so many people and their products people and it's like that craft 
slash vintage slash. Oh, I went to, um, I'm like, what are we talking? I went to, <laughs> oh my goodness. I've, they're having another one. And how did I forget the name? It's like a trendy name. Yeah. While she's looking that up, she made so many friends, you guys. Like she introduced herself. She walked the, it would be like Field. a craft fair. It's called Field and Supply. Super cool um, makers. But Weren't you wearing a hat too that day? Oh, yeah. I had to dress like I was from Brooklyn because it was in <laughs> New York in a cool area in Kingston, New York. And it's called Field and Supply. And I wanted to go – I actually got a babysitter so I could drive the two hours to this fun event and feel cool, drinking my cocktail, listening to live music. Oh, my gosh. Um, I feel like you are so cool. <laughs> I had to pretend I had to put on my, my Brooklyn hat because it was like LA and Brooklyn where these like cool hats. And so I, I went there and I like, I was there to buy stuff because we'd bought a house recently and I wanted to, you know, buy some cute stuff for my house that wasn't from home goods. But, um, I also introduced myself and I created these relationships. I was like, Oh my goodness, I love it. I ha- I told them I had a podcast. I write then and there, followed them on Instagram and they saw me and they followed us back on Instagram because we're product people. We speak the same language. So like Mina's saying, like even going to these, if you do a trade show or flea market, interact and the quickest way, like I know there's business cards and email addresses, get on their social media. If they're managing social media, that's, I was at a Marie Forleo event the other night and these two women I was sitting next to, she's like, do you have a card? And I was like, no, Mina's told me I shouldn't have cards anymore. But you gave them your Instagram handle, right? So right there, I said, let's let's DM each other on Instagram. Right. And then there was a couple people, and Jacqueline does this really well too. They reached out to us over a DM and said, it was great meeting you. Or, hey, it's me. Um, I sat next to you at the Marie Forleo event, you know, and they just reminded Jacqueline, or actually they got me. (laughs) They didn't know it. And I approved their request and followed them back. And so it's a great way to, because, you know, just remember, you're meeting a lot of people. So if you can just do like a raise your hand or a high or a wave saying, and they're meeting a lot of people saying, Hey, it was Jacqueline. I was wearing the hat. Remember? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, this time I was in a white skirt, like a long white skirt. So, Mm -hmm. and people will comment. I do. I wear things that are specific that they can remember. Obviously I'm in fashion, but there's things that kind of stand out. Um, but going back to in person though, I, I want you guys to, I know it's so easy to be an introvert. And when you hear Mina and I talk, like she's, she tends on the introvert side, I tend on the extrovert side, but that's not to say that I didn't go find myself a quiet corner down by the bathroom in the basement at the Marie Forley event when I was by myself. Cause I didn't, I was not my extrovert self. And Mina, sometimes I can't get her to stop talking to people when we're in person. And those, the energy at those in-person events, you can be an introvert it doesn't mean that you're not outgoing. It just, you know, it just means that you need to refresh the energy. So the energy at in-person events is so amazing. Like it's hard not to like want to be a part of that, I feel like. And I actually went up to um, a celebrity at the event and I, and a couple of people, I kind of went, and there was another person that I knew and I kind of went and tapped her shoulder. And the thing about in-person is that you don't know who someone else is talking to you or that they'll remember you. We're not talking about being annoying, but just I had to push myself because I was by myself. I had to push myself into talking to more people because you never know what's going to happen from that. So when we say that this is one of the five ways to grow your product-based business, it's because you don't know if someone you met 
six months ago is all of a sudden going to run into somebody at some major, you know, let's just say target buyer and then say, tell this target buyer, oh my gosh, I know this person who makes this product you're looking for. So make these in-person connections, whether you're selling in person, whether you're making big connections with actual human beings and be have integrity about it. It's You're not trying to use people. You're just putting yourself out there because outside of social media, this is the... <laughs> the OG way of connecting with people. Yeah. It's just introducing yourself, right? So even if you happen to be out shopping on a family vacation and you're at a really cute little boutique, introduce yourself to the owner and you never know. Like It's not like, hey, I need to introduce myself and give a sample and pitch her right there. No, absolutely not. Your only objective is to make a little bit of a connection, a spark, right? So if you just introduce yourself and then follow up maybe later or she she follows you on Instagram or you follow her on Instagram, then it just kind of is the first step towards making a relationship that could, you never know what possibilities could happen. And that's the same with local. So local also, you may have a local boutique owned by a local business owner that you might just hang out at. You might buy stuff and say like, hey, I've got a candle company or hey, I sell baby bottle labels. or And, and it might even be that you want to do something local with them, like a local feature on a, you know, somebody who's making stuff from their town. And it might not even be a wholesale account or anything. It might be a pop-up shop or a trunk show. So just show up in person, pick up the phone and make phone calls, walk into doors and talk to people, smile and interact. That is one of the biggest ways. And you don't, you don't even know right now the possibilities it can open up for you in the future. Right. Personality wise too. You know, you know how I became so extroverted is from practice, right? Before I used to be really uncomfortable even having conversations with people as I practice more, I know you don't really call it practice, but more so like even if you call it falling in your face and being comfortable with it, at least you get to a point where you're just like, hey, that's not as awful as I thought it was going to be. You guys are going to live through this. You will not die from introducing yourself. So just put yourself out there and, and, and become more comfortable with it because that is, those are the hard things that your competition next door might not be doing, right? Those are the connections that you're making that they don't have the open door to because they're not local like you are, for instance. So just um, keep in mind how powerful that can be and um, do not have this limiting belief that you can't do it. Okay. So number two, number two is other platforms. So another way to grow your product-based business is on other platforms. So what we're talking about here is leveraging other people's traffic. So do you want to jump into that? Yeah. I wanted to say my favorite saying of all is calling it OPP. You down with OPP? <laughs> and other I laugh. people's platforms? Yes. Other people's platforms. So that's my favorite joke, you guys. Anyways, <laughs> um, it's only like those so many people will get that joke. This may or may not be a Facebook Live also. <laughs> And it's only of a certain generation as some millennials are probably like, I have no idea what they're talking about or um, deep in the Gen X generation, right? <laughs> so anyways, you down with OPP, Jacqueline? This yeah, is you know me. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. This is why I love Jacqueline so much. She can jump in so quickly. <laughs> Sorry, this is a lot of laughing for y'all. Yes. Um, so other, other platforms. Right. And this is because the biggest hindrance of you 
on your own platform or your own website in this universe of stars that, you know, they can't find you. If you build it, they will not come, is that the traffic is already there on these other people's platforms, right? Amazon already has its own billions of people. Etsy already has its own people. Zulily already has its own people. The idea is to leverage other people's platforms. I know they say don't build in other people's land, but you have to. If you want to be able to overlap with their audience, you need to be able to get onto their platforms, play their game, and then hopefully that will help you kind of um, start the momentum on your own platform, on your own site. Yeah. So we'll say, I mean, we tell our clients this all the time, you know, don't have all your eggs in one basket. I don't know how many cliches we can use for this, <laughs> but it's all of these cliches. Uh, James was in a play once and they said it's a cliche because it's true. Yeah, totally true. Yeah. So um, the thing is, is that, and, I, and this is, I mean, I was going off of what I tell my clients at Designer Consulting Co-op is basically um, you build your website, but you're just a star in the universe. And how do people find that star in the universe? There's so many more. I know that people are like, I'm going to come out with a lingerie company. And it's like, that's great. But if someone searches lingerie, you bet your bottom dollar Victoria's Secret is the one showing up. So you're going to be on page 1001. So for other people's platforms, it means that more eyes get on your stuff. And I'm going to say other people's platforms are whether it is online and it could also be in boutiques like retail outlets. So platforms here is, is other places your stuff can sell. Um, and so like Mina said, we will oftentimes tell our multi-stream machine students that, and this is, this is built out into the multi-stream machine course. I mean, this is the point of it, right? We're talking about other platforms to sell your product on, to make more profit, to make more sales, you know? And so that's the point here. If you spread it out, you will see the ones that take off. You will see the ones that are your strongest platforms. And then you'll have these other ones that can support your company if something happens or might eventually grow to be stronger. But one is not going to probably keep your business going for long. Because let's say we have a couple of people we're working with in our masterminds that have one and a half million dollar businesses on Etsy. Etsy. What if Etsy knocks you off? What I'm not knocks you off, like kicks you off the platform <laughs> or knocks you off, whichever. Anything. But like, <laughs> like Etsy has full control. So we are not saying don't do Etsy or Amazon. Everyone can kick you off and you could build a million dollar business on it. But then we want you to also, you know, we want you to be on multiple platforms. If something happens, you have other options. Right. And that's because, you know, you're leveraging those eyes and you're seeing what takes off and then you're optimizing it. And then you're moving on to see what else is doing well, because at the end of the day, you don't own that land, but that's where all the traffic is. So why would you say, no, thank you. I'm not going to go to the land that has all the traffic, right? So you kind of have to do both, which by the way, I loved where you were going with that whole in-person thing as well as um, other people's platforms, because we don't typically think of other people as building their own platforms. Like YouTubers, they built their own platform. Influencers, right? On Instagram, they built their own platform in a way. We call them audiences, but that is a built platform. They are speaking from their own platform, just like this podcast, right? This podcast is our platform that we're speaking from. Um, people think of it as, you know, their audiences or their empire or whatever, but, to, but it's actually in essence, a platform that people are selling from. And when we say people, it could be Macy's, it could be mm -hmm. Amazon. It could be, uh, my brother's neighbor. Who's like a major YouTuber, which I just found out. It could be anyone if they're selling and if your customers are where they are. So 
when we talk about ways to grow your product-based business, it is not solely by having your own website. It's not solely by being on somebody else's platform. It's a combination of all of these things. And especially when you're starting, if you can be on other people's platforms, this is what is going to start to bring eyes. It's going to bring brand recognition. That's why you see um, celebrities when they are going out and you're seeing them do a circuit for movies, right? And they're showing up. They're on the Today Show. They're on The View. They're on, you know, late night with late, late night shows. They're on comedy shows. They're everywhere. You everywhere you look, that's where they are. They're on other people's platforms selling the movie that they're going to be in. And they, you and I, we might watch the same late night show. We might watch the same morning show, or maybe we only watch one or the other and you don't want to miss eyes. So it's that same concept where we want to get in front of other people's audiences and sell to them from there. Right. So moving on to number three, and number three is super important. And that is your own email list. Um, the best way to think of this is the dollar dollar bills, y'all. Like we're going to, we are so hip hop nineties today. <laughs> it is, but because your email list should be create creating profit for you, it should be creating money, right? Because those are people that have already spent money on you, and so the decision to buy for them is just in loyalty, and it's not that initial purchase, which is always the hardest. Um, the initial purchase comes usually from the discount or trying something new or the sample, but the repurchase. They already know what the experience is. So it's a little bit easier for them to say yes because they've already gone through the experience. Yeah, I think, and this is something people overlook. So there are a ton of online marketers or people out there that talk to you about building your email list. And it's true, there are different tactics to build your email list for service based businesses versus product based businesses. And that's why we talk about a lot of this on this podcast for you because it's different. The language is different, but nonetheless, what you will own in the end of it all, you're on Etsy, Etsy closes down your shop, you know, but what you'll own is you'll own your email list. I know you can't pull your emails from Amazon and Etsy per se, but we want you to grow it. We want you to engage with your customers and grow your list because if they buy from you, you can reconnect with them. If they haven't bought from you in a while, you can reconnect with them. If they've just signed up for your list, you can tell them about all the cool things that are happening. So we have a whole episode on the emails that you should have for your business. And I think this is one of my favorite modules in multi-stream machine is we have, it's called push marketing, you know, to build loyalty because we talk to, I mean, I know our students have said they love that they haven't had their email marketing set up the right way. You know, they usually have that often and they have what Shopify kind of sets up automatically, but they don't have all these other ways to engage with their customers, like before, during and post purchase to actually make money on yeah, it's money left on the table, right? I mean, those people were already there. We talk about cart abandon. We talk about um, post-purchase uh, thank yous. And it's money left on the table because those people have already bought from you. And you know, it's crazy. This is something we talk about a lot too. But like, I don't know if our listeners know this, but do you know you could make up 80% of like cart abandoned lost revenue just with emails? So we go through this whole thing on through Multistream Machine about that because let's just say you had $100 worth of orders there. You could actually make back 80 of those dollars if you do the things that we teach. So your list and email is just so important because that, even same with social media, people think like they need all the followers and all that. You really need to take, you know, 
you really need to be build your list first and foremost. Yeah. So I do want to make a point about how Jacqueline said you're not supposed to pull the emails off of Etsy. The They're encrypted on Amazon, so you can't just pull them. But on Etsy, you can see their emails. Like It's straight up like blah, 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 Yahoo or whatever. Just take their emails and retarget them on Facebook ads. You know, So there's definitely ways around that, but it's always ways that you have to be creative, but that's something you own, right? They did make the purchase from you. According to policies on Etsy, you cannot reach out to them unless it's something to do with your order, but they didn't say you can't retarget those people. You still own that asset, right? You just have to think of what's within their policy that I can get them to rebuy if I show up on their Facebook instead. And so, but retargeting, you're talking about Facebook ads. Right, right. So then, yeah. um, you know, you put their email in and then you target them like, hey, as a, you, you target them as a, like a, an existing customer. Yeah. So there's, um, it's a whole other episode most likely, but there's like, you can do, like, <laughs> well, actually we talk about this. We do in multi-stream machine. Yeah. Uh-huh. We talk about look like audiences and retargeting and all that. And so there's lots of ways around this. Um, and yeah, so your own email list I also want to just put this out here. It's okay if your list is not that big. You do not have to have the biggest list to make money. You just need to have an engaged list, right? So all these things that we're talking about, you are showing up for your customers where they are at. You're talking to them about stuff that they want. And so if they're engaged, if they are into you and what you're selling and you're not annoying them, but because if you're <laughs> customer, serious, like if you do, then they can leave and they, they don't have to be your customer. There's people who want to hear what you have to say. There's people who want to buy what you have to sell. And, um, those are the people that even if you only have a list of 500, give yourself a reasonable percentage, try and sell to three to 3% of them. Let's go mm-hmm. 3%. Think about that. What would 3% of your 500 person list equal and see what you can sell and how to engage with them. Yeah. And just remember what you do when you're not selling is equally important. You should be sending out emails. And we talk about this of um, your ongoing email strategy for multi-stream machines. So as you're emailing them, you're not always selling to them. But big tip for when you're emailing them, don't be emailing them stuff that doesn't matter to them. You know, like that should be something that you think about as you email. Like even if we give you the idea of, hey, talk about, you know, what you do for your holiday traditions, for example. Well, how can you twist that or bend that or make it more aligned with your customer where it would be something that would matter to them that would overlap with your product, for instance, right? So like you're going to be super annoying if you're talking to something that they don't care about is is the bottom line. Instead of like their holiday traditions, it might be something like what's your favorite holiday scent if you sell Mm -hmm. something that's scented. So maybe you guys even pick up on the five senses and like something that makes sense with your product and sensory because I think the holiday, so much of that is sensory. It's like soft, cozy, warm, snuggly, Mm -hmm. smells delicious, tastes delicious. Um, Smells like pumpkin spice and cinnamon, you know, and apple pie. Sounds like Christmas carolers. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. So they have been just like they've been doing online sales earlier and earlier. They've been doing Christmas music earlier and earlier, I feel like. So we'll start hearing it here in a bit, I'm sure. I think post post Halloween. So, okay. So number four, out of our five ways to grow your product business, number four is visibility. So you want to be visible where your customers hang out. We talk about this a lot because so many of you feel the pressure of social media and think you should be everywhere or think you should be super big on one platform or the other, but we want to figure out where are your customers actually hanging out. 
Yeah. Like I always tell people be visible enough where you could at least be validated, right? And verified. So if it's like, hey, I'm going to be looking at YouTube. Oh, look at they're pretty big on YouTube. Check. You know, oh, look at they have a website. Check. Oh, look, they have an Instagram. Um, it, you know, looks like it's you know, hasn't been updated in a while, but they do have some followers, you know, check. Um, or just make it enough where you're visible to the point of being uh, validatable, like, you know, that they are confirming that you're a legit business to buy from and then show up more in the places where they're actually hanging out um, because that's where it's going to make the difference. So we talk about this a lot, but Instagram is, a, there's a lot of pressure on all of you to have all the followers. <laughs> yes. And it is important because it is now like secondary to our own websites. Mm -hmm. So it is important. And some of you are starting out and you mainly have 43 followers and that's okay. 43 followers though is not something that's going to probably validate. We need to start moving you up. Okay. And you're going to do everything you can. I, I feel like, I feel like they need to do everything they can on that platform to get to what you think at least 500 followers. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just, I would say a thousand. A thousand's a goal. I know it takes so long. It took us a year, by the way, for all of you. Like we have a podcast. It took us one year to get to a thousand followers. However, we weren't talking about Instagram that much. We weren't, but I'm still ser- like, that's what I'm saying though. If they don't have a platform, like a podcast, the algorithm is set up against all of us. So oh, for sure. I mean, but it's important. Like Jacqueline said, it's very important to, to establish your Instagram presence because Mark Zuckerberg is making it into a buying platform, right? So make some money on it. Right. So, so these are the times. <laughs> yeah. So it is about building that. And if you can do what you can to get to a thousand followers, obviously if you get to a thousand, it's going to be easier if you get to 2000 and on and on from there. But what we really want to talk about is, but if Pinterest is where your customers are shopping or they're not really, we talk about this, they might be finding yourself. We have a client mm-hmm. that did really well on Pinterest. Um, if, you know, Facebook communities, if it depends on where your stuff is, like it might not even be on social. You might have people that I know my mother-in-law is not buying things on Instagram, right? Yeah, for sure. Stuff Like where does she have to be visible? Where do you have to be visible for my mother-in-law to buy you? Probably Macy's. (laughs) (laughs) Yonkers perhaps. I don't know. (laughs) But I'm just saying like, where does she, you know, where does she have to see it? So think about who your customer is and where they're actually hanging out. They might not even be on social media. Yeah. And make sure that, I mean, I want to make sure that you guys are hearing what Jacqueline's saying. Instagram is probably important only because in the scope of people's buying decisions and consumerism, where it's going, it's like if we told you, 10 years ago. Hey, online buying is so important, you guys. And you guys say, oh no, I just don't want to do it. Well, you probably should have done it. <laughs> <laughs> if you started back then. Exactly. Yeah, right. So right now we're telling you Instagram is probably pretty important because it is so influential, right? People on Instagram, whether or not they like it or not, they're impressionable. So they get influenced by their friends, they get influenced by their family, by people they're following that they want to be like. And it's like this impression on us. That's why we have to unfollow people because it affects us. And that's the way consumerism is going is that we're going to make, be making buying decisions based off of how good we feel or how bad we feel from our Instagram posts. <laughs> Um, so I would say start with a presence there. You don't have to be like gangbusters on there, but just know that that's what, where 
on the scope and the landscape of buying, it's probably going to happen where it's going to be more important. Yeah. And I wanted to say like, and we're not, we're not Instagram experts or people out there that are, but just think about Instagram. Your feed is just very, it's curated and it's, and it's what you want. I, I say it's like a coffee table book. It's what you want people to experience about your brand. It's prettier. Your stories and all the rest of it, that stuff can be behind the scenes. It can be all the other stuff. And I think, you know, I think that's something that we teach our students so well about is sort of the idea of showing up where their customers are and what content to put out there. Cause it can, it can be overwhelming. Like that visibility aspect when you're hustling and building your business yourself and then you have all these other personal things you're balancing. We just had a question this morning in um, one of our groups who were answering questions and she's like, I have a personal account. I have two businesses and I teach. I have four accounts. Where do I show up? And it's just starting to prioritize where your customers hang out and if that affects it. So for example, if you have a huge business on Amazon, your customers are hanging out on Amazon and they're searching on Amazon. So you might not actually have to have a huge Instagram to support sales on Amazon, but you do want to validate the product on Instagram. Right. And it's something where um, before people used to validate people on their websites, right? Right. Um, They still do, but there's this other generation that's validating on Instagram. And we tell people when someone goes to your website, they should know what you sell in three seconds. Well, if they go into your Instagram, they should know what you sell in literally two seconds. Those people have no, like, no patience, right? They like, should not have to scroll through your family and your meals and all that right. to figure out what you're selling. If you post anything, know that the feed is forever unless you archive some things. But post photos of your product. And so then in two seconds, when they're on your Instagram, they can be like, oh, this is what she sells. And this is where I can sell it. The link is linked. You know, the bio is clear and like tells exactly what you sell in like the littlest amount of time that they spend on there. So that way they can be like, yes or no, you know? And that's kind of where, like, even though I have a big presence on Amazon and I don't have a big presence on Instagram, you better bet that they know that I sell labels on Amazon from my Instagram. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause you want to send your traffic there. Right. So a lot of times you guys will hear about push marketing if you're talking about marketing. And so that's when you're basically like sending emails, right? You're, you're doing mm-hmm. that sort of thing. You're pushing. But what we're talking about in terms of visibility where your customers hang out, you want to pull them in. This is like social pull. This is pulling them in towards your brand. You want to generate that awareness. You want loyalty and you want to sell more of your products ultimately. But the point of all of this, of this visibility is that you're, that you are not going to build a huge business a product-based business just solely off your product. I'm just going to say that again. You're not going to build a huge business solely off your product. It is about the brand. It is about all the things that are around your brand that also make it why somebody wants to buy your product. Because they can go next door. If you're selling, you know, what makes you buy one pair of shoes versus another pair of shoes? Yes, it's the product and the comfort, but a lot of it's the brand awareness of it. You know, like, is everyone wearing it? Is it, you know, what does it do? Is it a mission-based business? Like, I feel like shoes these days are all mission-based. They're all Yeah, mission. Or is it status-based? Is yeah. it, you know, there's a lot of different emotions that people tap in, reasons why they stick with a brand. So it is is so important. You know, they can find quality shoes anywhere, honestly. If you're going to go for comfort and quality and you just go product-based, aesthetically, it might hit them a certain way so they feel a certain way. 
Because let's talk about Target as just an overall thing, right? They have all their own little brands in there, but ultimately people are buying, when they buy clothes and stuff like that at Target, it tends to be you're at Target and you're making a purchase, right? Well, Mm -hmm. Target has the same shoes out there that you could buy from way more money somewhere else and maybe, but it's convenience, right? You're showing up there. You like the experience. You've got your Starbucks coffee in your hand. You know, you're walking around and you're like, Ooh, that's trendy. And, and your kid is playing with or eating a cake pop. hundred percent. me. And I'm trying not to spill my coffee into my cart, but you know, so Target in itself has this brand, right? Why did we, why did we all decide one day to shop at Target and think that it's cool to post? Because it is, it was a discounted store when I was younger. It was a cheaper store. And Mm -hmm. now it's like, it crosses all boundaries. You could be a millionaire and you could not be a millionaire and we all shop at the same place. We just have different things we want to buy from there. So the point is, is that Target's done really well at creating this experience when we're there. And that's why we buy from them. Right. I want to give you guys an example of Target really super quick because um, the displays that are in the front. So here in Iowa, we have super targets, right? And they used to be just like every other grocery and superstore. Produce on the outside, um, you walk in, there is the produce on the right-hand side. There is the... um, like school supplies on the left-hand side and the CDs and stuff. So now they've changed everything where there's huge displays in the front with everything mixed together. And I only saw this. I only realized it was different from when I was traveling. Jacqueline and I went to Target. Do you remember in LA? And we went up a freaking escalator, you guys. Like it was just like nothing I've seen around here. By LAX. Yeah. And so they have these big displays. And I was like, huh, this looks so different than the ones we have in Iowa, thinking that it was a regional thing. Then all of a sudden, all the targets are getting redone here to look like the ones in LA. And then I saw a piece of paper on a display, which by the way, that employee should have really thrown away this piece of paper. But it was the display for from the merchandising expert that was like, the donut goes here. It was a donut one. And my sister had a donut themed baby shower. And so it showed exactly how things were laid out. It was on a visual display and it showed to the skew how things would be hung up and what was laying on there. And it was like a combination of every department. It was like inflatables that were for summertime. It was beach towels. It was also drinks. It was also um, computer things that were like donut style. And it lent to this lifestyle instead. So they're visually merchandising stuff according to lifestyle on the displays in the front in their new stores where they never did that before. They were straight up like the Hy-Vees, the Walmarts, the, you know, Kmarts around here uh, where they're they're functional. And it's department. And then you'll see the bathing suit display, but it's not cross, cross brand or cross. Right. It's just like showing up on Pinterest and they have a room that's like, hey, here's the room laid out for you and here's where you can click to buy. It's exactly the same thing that they're bringing online to retail and retail to online. So I thought I'd share that since I was like, hey, this is what an LAX target looks like. Well, no guys, Iowa is so cool that we are keeping up with LAX. A hundred percent. I have that in New Jersey. Yes. Um, <laughs> at least where I am. So yeah. So we just want you to think about that. Like you, so an important thing for you is to be visible where your customers hang out. This is in social media. This is again, this is going back to other platforms like visibility. This is visibility being on other people's platforms, being in other people's stores, being on Amazon, um, being in person. It, all of this is under visibility because if your customers are hanging out there, you want to be visibly represented there. 
Right. And showing up like what Jacqueline said, not as just your straight up product, as your brand. You need to be selling that lifestyle. You need to have a whole display kind of like that lens. The display is your brand, right? So you need to just show up as what that person is buying is more of an experience rather than just a straight up product. Pay attention the next time you guys twofold. Okay. This, I love this whole concept between in-person, real life and social media. (laughs) But if you are at a farmer's market, if you're anywhere like in person, not, I mean, even Target, but if you're anywhere in person, I know like I'll just say farmer's market. Sometimes you walk by farmer's market booths and they are just like, you know, six products sitting out on like a tablecloth. A tumbleweed blows through. (laughs) Tumbleweed. And then you spot this other one. It's got like tastings and it's busy and they have this cool sign and it's like, and it's just really cool. That is the visibility, right? I saw it and it's pulling me in as the customer going like, Ooh, I align with all the things that are happening over there. So we like to talk about this a lot where we're just like, take it back to real life, Mm -hmm. break it down and take it back to in-person real life stuff that you're doing and then use this virtually. And you know why we say that to you guys It's because it's the only way to cut through all the clutter as a solopreneur and as a small business, because you're competing with the big dogs, you're competing with each other. There's a lot of things happening. And the best way to do that is just to be the face of your brand, even if it's in-person only, right? Even if it's not online, because the the power of in-person is is so much faster or power of like them actually connecting the trust factor is so much, you like, you kind of have to be the face of your brand if you're online for them to make that connection. But if you're in person, it happens so instantly. They just trust you instantaneously a lot of times because they're able to see the exact brand that you're representing. It's you. Okay. So number five, this is one of the most important things, it may not be where you are right now, but we want you to think of this as something really important. So number five is in order to be, to grow your product-based business, you need to build your own platform. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm going to go back to Etsy because somehow I talk about it all the time now. (laughs) It's like your favorite topic. I know nothing about it, but... (laughs) Well, I know that we've had people come through our masterminds, for example, that have been like, I had three shops on Etsy and I got shut down because I used, you know, I had a six figure business on Etsy. I got shut down because I used a word that was trademarked or copyrighted and they just shut your store down. That's it. You're done. Wipes Mm -hmm. out. Amazon. Amazon exists today. Please God, it exists, you know, 20 years from now, but right now it exists. And if something happens within their own business, it goes bye-bye. There are companies like flash deal sites that I have personal relationships with that we've, we've sold on. And if those slash deal sites get bought up and liquidated or turned over, I've got no, I've got no control over that. So the only thing that I have control of, the only thing that you have control of is your own platform. And so what I'm talking about here is building your own website. Right. And this is kind of the other side of the email list, right? So you own two very important things. And one is your email list, which you send the traffic to your website where they can easily buy because you control all profits from that because you're not having to give a percentage to Amazon or to Etsy. Um, And even if, like Jacqueline said, if you have 40 people on your email list, you still need to have your own platform because that's still 40 people that you're starting with. And, um, And then you can grow to be bigger and bigger. 
Okay. So all of you might be like, oh my God, I, I don't even know how to build a website. So let's just take a step back really quick and say, if anything, I want you to have like an informative website. So right now, if it, even if you just buy your domain name and you put up a, just one landing page with a way to collect email addresses, that is the bare minimum I'd like you to do. Right, because if someone finds you, they see you on Instagram. Um, they don't know. Like, let's say you just sell on Etsy. There's Etsy so hard to search names. I feel like, mm-hmm. and it doesn't show up in the Google search. So let's start to draw traffic towards a landing page at the very least, where you can start to capture email addresses that you own. Then, if you're going to build it out, if you don't want to sell direct to customers yet on your own site, great. Then make it an informative site that that then will direct traffic. So if it's like shop, it might just send them over to Amazon. It might just send them over to your Etsy store. But you have a platform that you own that represents your brand, and that will start to build, you know, searchability and SEO. Um, and then, last but not least, a lot of you will and do start your businesses and start your own website that you sell on. And that is absolutely perfect as well. Yeah. I like the way you're thinking. I, t- I say this to Jacqueline maybe five times a day, you guys. So if you have a website that collects the emails, right, you can actually set up an, a coupon on Amazon, for instance, that says that is like is, exists forever if you want it to, like just an existing coupon that they can use on Amazon. I know that sounds crazy because a lot of people don't know you can have coupons on Amazon, but let's say on your website, www.myproduct.com. The productboxesproduct.com. Yes, genius. <laughs> um, and they sign up for your email list and you say, get $2 off your purchase on Amazon by signing up for our email list. And then the link goes to your Amazon product. Sure, you're losing $2, but you're getting that email list to you in your own pocket, pretty much, right? And they get the benefit of getting to buy it from somewhere. And so it's you get your own email list, but you are, the purchases are happening somewhere else until you're ready to sell on your own site. Right. And we've, we've, our masterminders, we've seen like, we've got masterminders, we've got people in multi-stream machine that have worked on Amazon with us that have worked through the module because we have a module on Amazon in multi-stream machine. And we had clients that were going to go out of business if they didn't sell. They didn't have the money to fund their business. They were selling direct to customer. Even that was a struggle or like on Instagram. And then they clicked over and they started this other platform situation, right? The OPP. And one of the OPPs was Amazon. And because they were um, down with OPP. They were down with it. <laughs> and they leveraged their email list and they told their email list, hey, by the way, you can buy it on Amazon, on Prime, which means you get it faster than we can ship it to you. And so they, and then they sent traffic to Amazon, which then they became a bestseller um, or like a choice. A perf- yeah, Amazon's choice. choice. Amazon's which choice. I call the unicorn. Because there's no way to know how to get the Amazon's choice. Like there's, you just don't know how some people get that. And when I see it on my listings, I say it's a unicorn because it's like this magical badge that you get. (laughs) And they were going out of, they were borrowing money, going out of business. And now they are making $12,000 a month just on Amazon, just on Amazon. And this is four months ago. So 
all of this, everything we're talking about, but they also have their own platform. They own their own email list. They have their own platform. They can sell direct to their customers. Yeah. They had a big presence on Instagram too. I felt like it wasn't very engaged, but a good presence. Yeah. So all of the things we're talking about on these five ways to grow your product business, these are ways that it doesn't, one of these does not work. Mm-hmm. All of these work. And then you can start to see as we talk about it, the ways that they all affect each other and how you can leverage each different one to work for another one. And I think it's just so strong because we get so overwhelmed. You think like, if I just hit X amount of followers on Instagram, my company would make it and I'd make sales. Or if I hit, you know, if I build my website, they will come and they will buy. Like we think about all these different things that we think are going to affect the bottom line and then are going to grow our business. But in fact, it's way more than that. And I think that's what's so strong about multi-stream machine, for example, is like, that's what we're talking about, like multiple streams of income coming from many places. And it's not only places that you sell. Yeah. Um, you'll see a big discrepancy between the way that Jacqueline and I teach and the way that some of the like Amazon sellers teach, right? And the difference is sales versus sustainability. They are always telling you, this is how to make more sales, right? Do this, create this um, URL, get a whole bunch, you know, discount it by 90%, blah, blah, blah. But that does not build a sustainable business that you can pay yourself and your family and live your life and live your dream for more than a couple years. What we're telling you here is how you can grow a product-based business and be sustainable. This is your guys' lives, you know, and it's a way for you guys to think about, hey, this is how I can grow, but really grow as a brand, not just as a product that's trying to convert sales. You know, really grow as a brand that's backed by a bootstrapping solopreneur a lot of times and who's trying to grow and who's trying to also a lot of times raise a family or, you know, even if you don't have a family. The thing is you want your, you want your business to last. You don't want just to totally have a you know, multi-million dollar company, let's say, but it's based off of discounted Facebook ads because who knows what will happen then. By the way, a lot I know a lot of those companies. <laughs> yeah, I know. We talk about family a lot because that's the, the life stage that we're in, but both me and I had businesses before we had children. And I mean, part of the reason I didn't have kids till I was a bit older was because I had my businesses and I was just like, I didn't have a model for me that you could do it all, right? It was always like in, in corporate, it was people, you work, what, she works, she was on maternity leave, ultimately she's useless. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt. And I felt so, I didn't want, I was like, no, I went to college, like I've worked on my career, I want to be in these places. And I think the thing for us right now, what we're getting at, trying to get to is that there has never been a better opportunity that you guys can grow your businesses right now and blend whatever life you want in with owning a business that is sustainable, that will support you and your goals. So if you just need $100,000 and that's enough for you, grow your business to that and live the life you've dreamed of. If you want a $2 million business and, and all that comes with that and having employees and all that, and that's what you want, live that life and merge that with whatever you want, whether you want a vacation, whether you want to hang out with your friends, whether you want to walk your dog, whether you've got, you know, two kids or five kids. So, um, yeah, we just really want to share with you that that's so important to us that we're time. We're not those business dudes that are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so <laughs> oh my God. that's, I mean, that we're not. Horrific. We giggle. We giggle. 
So I have to tell you guys a really funny story. So, you know, I've always thought like, oh my gosh, I'm teaching my girls, you know, how to be an entrepreneur, but then you don't realize like what they're intaking and what they assume or don't assume. And so my daughter, Suri, she's nine years old and she was talking to my sister and my sister's like, yeah, so you're going to take over little labels when you get older, right? And she's like, yeah, I am, but I have to wait till my mom dies. I was like, oh my God gosh. It's like, no, you don't need to wait till I die. Let's not wait for that. You can take it over whenever I say yes, or you say yes, you know, know. on that note. No. Um, but again, that's like a legacy you leave for your kids, right? Right. Like, is it something you want to leave? Where do you want it to go? So that's another podcast. So (laughs) thank you for listening. Um, I hope that this helps you grow your product-based business. We'd love to continue this conversation over in our Facebook community, which you can access by clicking on the link in the show notes. And we would love to work with you in the future if you are excited and and want to dig deeper into these five ways to grow your product biz plus more. Multi-stream machine is an excellent option out there for you on how to get on more platforms, how to optimize more platforms and ultimately make more sales and more profit. Yes. Thanks everybody. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. This episode is brought to you by the shop one in five pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. Hey friends, Mina and I created the shop one in five pledge, and we're inviting you to take the pledge with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most, because the truth is your purchasing power matters now more than ever. We're inviting you to take the pledge. If you head to shop one in five.com, the link is in the show notes. And when you get there, please make sure to share the pledge with your friends, your family, and your customers. Let's invite everyone to take the shop one in five pledge so that we can all use our purchasing power to change lives.